0: Welcome to the betterish podcast. I'm Angie. And I'm Malin. We can't guarantee this podcast will improve your life, but we hope it will at
1: least make you laugh and think about being
0: better-ish.
1: Hey Malin, how's it going today? So good. How are you, Angie? oh you know it's a monday morning but it's going okay
0: right well i have a good story for you well i need your advice actually so (laughs) the other day you know how last episode we were talking about costco and going you know we talked about getting clothes at costco and glasses and everything so i made a costco trip the other day and we needed some bulk toilet paper so i picked one like i just at sam's club i would just pick a thing and it was fine we got it home put it in the bathroom, and the girls came running out, and they were like, Mom, it's like the school toilet paper. Oh, it's like no. the super, like, literal crappy, yeah. like, falling apart. D- do you return
1: bulk toilet paper to Costco? You know, no? that's, a, that's a new one for me. Uh, but try. <laughs> they will probably take it. I don't really feel, like, comfortable walking into Costco with a half. Yeah. <laughs> They just want to make you happy, Mullen. Even if you're not satisfied with the toilet paper, they'll probably take it back. And you know what? They probably have good toilet paper. Try another kind from there. Because i found bulk toilet paper from there. And it wasn't disappointing. No, I like it. And I get bulk paper towels. Generally, they have good paper products. I think you need to try again. Okay, I'll try again. I'm going to
0: report back next week. I'm going to Costco today to return my toilet paper. Well,
1: speaking of Costco... I took your advice also for the eye appointment and I called Costco. First of all, they're closed on Monday and they have no answering machine though. So I tried calling like last Monday and it just rang and rang and rang and I had to push all these different options and I finally had to call like management and they said, well, the eye department's closed on Mondays. And I said, okay, that explains a lot and I wasted 10 minutes. So then I called on Tuesday and they were like, Okay, but we're booked seven weeks out. And I was like, listen, seven I'm already weeks? like two months late. Like, my kid can't see, and I'm dealing with the guilt every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't wait seven weeks. So, I had to end up calling a different office. So, I won't be able to report back on the quality of the eye care at Costco. That's all right. So, I'm so positive you for trying. Thank yeah. You. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, should we jump right into today's topic? Yes, because speaking of kids and doing what's best for them, this topic is all about how to raise kids that aren't brats. That's a good segue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? A, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I honestly, Angie, had have, have had like a little bit of
0: self reflection while while preparing for this. Um, it's made me think about maybe what, how I how I'm entitled. I'd, yeah. I've never thought of myself as an entitled person, but as I was like thinking of examples i was looking up articles to help us with entitlement and i was going past all these ones like no i don't like that one no that one's doesn't apply no 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 and i was like oh shoot <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i am here i am being so wrong but it just uh,
1: yep that's well, where i'm at right now one of the articles stuck out to me too because the whole point was talking about like the j- adult jerks in our life the the jerks who have road rage and or are rude to waiters and it's not like people just turn 18 years old and become jerks. Like this is learned behavior. So it starts as childhood. If you don't want your kids to grow up and be the road ragey, you know, mean to the barista adult, then we have to teach them to be kind and not entitled as kids. So that's kind of how we got this idea. And as we approach the holidays, Melinda and I were talking about kind of (laughs) <laughs> Along with how we want to prioritize cleaning and decluttering our home, Melinda is very good about keeping her home decluttered and not having wasteful things around. And the last two years, I've, I've gotten a lot better and become really more, I don't know, anal about not getting my kids a lot of toys. I'm just sick of toys, like cleaning up toys Mm -hmm. and broken toys, and my kid's not caring about toys. So we were talking about how for the holidays, and we'll talk more about this in a little while, but we don't do a lot of toys for our kids anymore, and we're trying to value experiences and memories over toys. And actually, the whole reason I started thinking about this is because my 4-year-old asked me the other day, Mom, do you remember when we went to Disneyland? And we've never been to Disneyland. So I was like, no, <laughs> we haven't been to Disneyland. Like now I was feeling guilty, like right of passage, which i did, but not really. And I, and I was like, what are you talking? I was like, no, Bud, we haven't been to Disneyland. And he was like, yeah, remember? And they were skating and there was Buzz Light, And he was thinking Disney on ice, which came to our city. So they, when Disney comes to you, <laughs> take advantage of that. And so we went to Disney on ice when he was like, he had just turned three. He was so little and he remembered it. Aww. We had done it for my daughter's birthday because her birthday's in December. And, so, and I, I thought, you know, this is how much money we have to spend for birthdays. I can buy her stupid LOL dolls and Hatchimals, which will break and she'll forget because she doesn't remember, you know, or we can go to Disney on Ice, which is the same amount of money. And look, my toddler, who has very limited memory, remembered, and that just solidified that we're doing the right thing—limiting toys, because mm-hmm. he doesn't remember what toys he got for Christmas that year, the year before. They're not—I don't remember what toys. I remember a few from my childhood, but Melinda, do you really remember like all the toys you opened up and what you played? You know what I mean? No. Do you remember? I remember no. one
0: time getting like a really rad Barbie set, but honestly, and maybe like a few pieces of sentimental jewelry that just like I've always had, but other than that, nothing from my childhood sparks a But I remember all the camping trips, all the experiences, all the Christmas vacations,
1: nothing else. Exactly. So along those lines, we want our kids to just live happy lives and fulfilled and kind. So this episode is all about unspoiling your children because honestly, me and Melan talked about this also, kids just act spoiled sometimes despite our best efforts they expect things they don't know what work went into putting a roof over their head or food in the pantry or the toys that we have bought for them they don't know they kind of just expect it Mm -hmm. and that means you're you know you're providing for your kids that's good but it's really important to help them learn that they didn't earn that they didn't choose to be born here right so giving our kids perspective so we have a list of five ways to unspoil your children or just to raise them to be you know, good people.
0: Yeah, I think the first one um, is engage your kids in discussion about it. A lot of people have less than, like here in the United States, we are all very lucky. Like despite what's going on politically or it like other things that are going on, we are very, very lucky. I actually, do you know that there there was a statistic once, it was crazy, something about how many kids are starving in America. And I was like, that is that blows my mind that there are hungry children in America. I know. Like, we, there are fast food places. There are... There, uh, it's, it's sad. It makes it me... It shouldn't be that way. It breaks my heart. I, that's, like, my one thing is hungry people in the world. I can't handle it. But here in the United States, we are especially... We have running water. We have clean water. We have so many freedoms and rights. And, uh, and like you said earlier, we didn't choose our circumstances we were lucky to be born into the situations that we were and i think you and i have talked about it angie like i i really don't feel like we grew up um in these entitled homes feeling like we deserved more than other people or Mm -mm. our families were both very frugal we didn't go without but we didn't live like lavishly and i think our Both of our families, um, well, from early on too, I've had a lot of opportunities volunteering with you, Angie, and like donating. And I think when we can, our parents taught us that from when we were very little. And I think if we can teach that to our children that they are so lucky to be where they are at. There are a lot of people who are less fortunate, but look at all that we can do. We have the, we have been lucky to have these things and we have so much time and resources that we can, give to others and that's an important lesson to teach your kids like not everyone is like them
1: yeah and we're going to talk more about setting an example and actually doing but this tip just talk about it I mean your school is going to have coat drives and their your children are going to see homeless people don't don't close your eyes to those things don't don't what am I trying to say like don't ignore those things Mm -hmm use that as an opportunity to talk to your kids about it. My daughter has started using the phrase no fair. And I said, are you kidding me right now? And I said, your father is a dentist and you live in the United States. You <laughs> never get to use the phrase no fair. Mm-hmm. You have it so good. And we were in Asheville, just as another city in our state, um, a few weeks ago. And there were a lot of homeless people in the downtown area. In fact, what a homeless man was sleeping next to our car. What when we were getting back in our car like we had to move around him to open our door i was worried about like running him over he was so close to our car and my daughter was really he had a tub of peanut butter next to him it just (laughs) crushed me and we were with a friend who was like i have such mixed feelings about this and i said it's not my place to just decide to think about how he got here what he, what his parents did or didn't teach him, or whatever, what choices he made, but he needs help. And I told my daughter that I said we don't, we don't need to sit here and analyze how he got to where he is, but he needs help. And and we're and we talked about it, but we always try to, we give money to people who ask for money on the streets. We do mm-hmm. not a lot, but if we have some change or a dollar, we do. And we talk about if we have surplus. We help those who have less. We don't decide why they, we, we aren't the judges to decide why they need it. But we mm-hmm. talk about this all the time. And that's how we solve these problems, the hunger problems. And it's just helping our kids develop that attitude. And it's going to be, it's not always going to, you know, your kids are going to resist. They don't want to give up their toys, you know, or they don't want to spend their time volunteering or they might not even want to talk about it. It's an uncomfortable subject. But mm-hmm. if your kids are always comfortable and they're never doing hard things, then they're never going to grow and stretch and learn
0: uh years ago i saw this article online or it was like a video of i'm not sure who it was but someone went over to africa and they were um volunteering in an orphanage and in this orphanage they had these boys like probably 10 11 12 year old boys and they were like if there was one thing that we could get for you what would you want and these boys are like we just want a soccer ball like not each have a soccer ball they wanted one soccer ball so they could play soccer and i, I have goosebumps right now like it was it broke my heart i'm like oh my gosh I can go to Target right now and buy a fourteen dollars soccer ball. Like no yeah. big deal. And for these kids, so I and I remember telling that to my kids and showing that to them. Like, look at the look at all that you have. These kids, they want a soccer ball. We have so much we can give. Like, yeah, I, I think it, it, it's okay to to show your kids those things and to talk about it. And
1: yeah, yeah, talking about it's just. I think so important just don't make it an awkward subject make it you know something that they hear about all the time and that's how it's going to be relevant on their mind you know they're going to be quick to associate what they see what's going around with how can I help that's what mm-hmm. we want we want our kids to be the helpers right a lot of these points are going to kind of like blend in with each other about volunteering and teaching our kids to have gratitude and setting an example but that's the first the first way that we are suggesting to help your kids not be spoiled is to just talk about what's going on around them ways they can help all right the second tip that we have is to set goals, and this is a very important point, delay gratification, which can be very hard. It is so easy to give into to our kids when we are in a hurry, or they're whining, or we really want them to be quiet, or we really, you know, for whatever reason, <laughs> whenever we're inconvenienced... It's really easy to give in to our kids whining and to just give them what they want to make them cooperate, right? Mm -hmm. But we can't give in. We have to model restraint and discipline and we have to talk to them about earning what they have and that everything costs money, money that we worked for, you -hmm. know what I mean? So uh, encouraging them to set goals and to save for something specific will help them not just run into a store and buy something to buy something. So we're teaching Mm -hmm. our kids that you work for things, you save for things that you actually want. My parents were really good about wording things, not that like we don't have money for that, we can't afford that. It's like we are not choosing to spend our money on that. Or we don't have money for that because we have money for something. You know what I mean? It's about choice. Just because we have the money doesn't mean we buy the thing. You know what I mean? We need money for an emergency. We need money for that bill. We need money to go visit grandparents. Mm -hmm. We do have the money for that. But we are waiting because we need our money for something else. I think it's really important to teach them that.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with telling your children, like, we're saving up for this. Like, setting aside, like, a fund to be like, this is a goal that we have. And when we have extra money, we put it in here. And this we're going to save up for this. And it's okay if it takes a really long time. That's so good for your kids to see that, like, oh, mom and dad can also save up for things they don't get everything they want right away and I think as kids it's easy to see your parents just like you know going and buying whatever they want all the time but no that's not how it works
1: yeah I think that's this tip is really good it would a really great thing to do with your kids when they want something rather than just buying it for them or saying, maybe for your birthday, which is what I say all the time. When we're in the store. My kids are like, I want this. I want this. I'm always like, okay, maybe for your birthday, like ask Santa. <laughs> but I think a better idea is to say, okay, let's look how much it is. Okay. Let's set a goal. Let's, let's find some things you can do to earn it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. So Ralphie from Simply on Purpose, who I quote all the time, because she's so great. She talks about having a family economy. So, Think of your household and everything that goes into it as its own little economy that runs smoothly. And it's not just about the parents, you know, making money to pay the bills, but the kids helping to maintain the house. Everyone, no matter how young they are, I mean, unless they're a little baby, but (laughs) everyone can do their own little part to help the house run smoothly and contribute to the house and earning money. And and when they do that, and when you teach your kids and talk about it that way and set goals and let them know they're part of this family, they're part of it, we want them to be happy, but they need to help. You know, they're a member of this family they need to help things run smoothly and they earn money too, but then they have that ownership over the success of the house, you know, running smoothly. And that really helps them, you know, not think they deserve something over someone else or they know that this is how it works. They're part of a system. You know what I mean? They're not above above it, if that makes sense. Go to her Instagram account and she has highlights and she talks about the family economy. And if you sign up for a newsletter, she sends you tons of good stuff. She's like one of the best parenting resources out there. But we have adopted the family economy in our house in our own way. Um, My kids come home and do cards, which she also recommends. But it it was a fight at first when I first introduced regular chores, but now my kid walks in the door. I don't even have to say anything, and she goes and she gets out her cards and she starts doing it. And part of them are real, most of them are simple. I st- if I would have immediately done like unload the dishwasher and vacuum the stairs and clean your room, she would not. She would get burned out. They, it needs to start with honestly things they're gonna do. One of her cards is to put her shoes away. One of them is to hang up her backpack. One of them is to give me a hug. One of them <laughs> is to wash that. her hands, to practice the piano, and to read. That's it that's her job and oh and one of us put your lunchbox away empty it out and put your water bottle in the fridge that makes the morning run smoother so those are ways and they're pretty easy for her to do but they're going to change as she gets older and more able but right now there it's enough that it takes work for her it takes time and she knows that she has to do those if she wants to go play but it totally works and what are we it's november now it's been going on for two more than two months and she earns a dollar a day only if she does all the cards if she does all of the cards she gets a dollar for that day because it really does help me in the morning that her lunchbox is empty it's there's not rotten food in that her water bottles in the fridge is already cold her shoes are put up you know what I mean it really does help Mm -hmm. so I would encourage looking at Ralphie's stuff implement something very simple stuff that your kids already kind of doing but then it just creates these good habits, right? It's about the habits. It's about sustainability. Something that just popped into my
0: head was
1: uh, I thought of it last night.
0: We're the parents. We're in charge. We're in control. And sometimes we lose our power to our children because, like we talked about earlier, it's easy <laughs> to pirates. give it to them. <laughs> right? I know it's we're easy to pirates. give it to them, especially when there's lots of them. Like my three kids. Like when I'm being pulled in three different directions and three kids are whining at me, I'm like, "Have whatever you want. Like yes. go away." But I I feel like it's very important, like, with your card thing. Like, if you establish it early on, like, if the kids are wanting about it, like, no, this is w- how our family works. When you come home, you do these things. And when you do those things, you earn this. I feel like a lot of times we just let our kids walk over us. And, I don't know, probably, like, a once a month, I'm like, oh, Melin, take your power back. And, I'm yes. like, and usually it's in a moment that's, like, not a very proud moment it's like everyone's like on electronics and like happy and all of a sudden I like snap out of it I'm like everyone put away your stuff I'm like let's vacuum and they're all yes. like what <laughs> I need to like <laughs> do better at being consistent but I just I That's if okay. you take away one thing from today I just want moms to remember that like they're in charge you're the mom you're in control your children need to listen and obey the rules that you set up for them do not let them walk all over you
1: Yes. But I and I explain it to my kids. I mean, that's the hard part of parenting. It's being the mean mom. Mm-hmm. And people that's that's a generalized statement, but when you break it down, that means you're teaching your kids to be good adults and that's by yeah. setting up a card system, setting up a family economy, holding them accountable. That's the hard, that makes you the mean mom. You're going to yeah. make your kids do these things, but you're going to introduce it in a way that they understand you're helping your whole family. Everyone's going to be happy. Everyone's going to be benefit. And like what you said, you're the, you're the decision maker for this family. I have taught my daughter that her brain is not fully developed. The reason she lives with me until she's 18 18, is because her brain is not done growing yet the part the front part of her brain that makes decisions is not done growing so if she lived by herself right now and we, <laughs> we talk about letter, it in yeah. a funny way. I'm like, "What would you do? Would you go to school every day? Would you be on time? Would you eat healthy foods?" And we laugh about it. We talk about like, "What would you do if you were on your own?" You know, and it's funny to her. And so we talk about. That's why you need me. I'm here to help you uh, to be that part of your brain until it's done growing. And I'm gonna teach you all the things gradually until you're 18. That part of your brain it's still not gonna be done growing, but you're I'm gonna hopefully have taught you all the skills you need. That you can move out and you can keep. It's just, the the goal is by the time that they're grown, they're doing the things already that they can be in their own house and just keep doing it. You know, they're used to coming in and taking care of stuff. They're used to being on time because they've been held accountable for punctuality. They're used to doing a good job and working hard. They're used to forgiving others. You know, all the things that make them good adults. That's why we started this episode talking about adult jerks. Think about it. Those are not kids. Those were not kids who were... their parents marched them up to a neighbor and made them apologize or made them earn something work hard and earn something right they were not kids who whose parents exercise restraint and they probably got the toys that they wanted when they cried for it i mean Mm -hmm. you got to think about long term these become their adult habits which is kind of scary that is scary but but also you can do it melanne's right you can do it you have the power and speaking
0: of not raising jerks The next thing on our list is practicing gratitude. And um, an example that I found that was so perfect was just writing thank you notes or drawing pictures, you know, for like little kids, like send a thank you note. And even, and it just doesn't have to be with someone that sends you something or does something for you. It can be within your family. Like, um... If my kids always write cute little notes to each other, like if someone, they make each other's beds for them or help each other clean their rooms and they, you know, they'll go say thank you or give a hug or write a note. And I just remembered this, Briley, my fifth grader, um, I think they do it three days a week and, um her class, they write notes to each other. They pick two or three kids from the class and they each write a note to those people that and Briley keeps hers all like it their little post-it notes. She keeps them in her binder and they're all like, Briley, Aww. thank you for playing tetherball with me at recess today. Thank you for helping me with my work or for teaching me how to do this thing. They're oh, they're so cute like little ten year olds. Like thank and you. She
1: loves that though. Look it, at how special those oh, are to her.
0: I her teachers she has two teachers this year. Oh, like I have I just want to be them. They they're like Jennifer. If I could be Jennifer and Briley's teachers, I would just feel like the best person. Oh, they're yeah. so wonderful. Anyways, I that if you have young kids, start doing that and have them write notes to their friends and to each other. It is such a self-esteem boost and like it helps them
1: just want to do better cuz they like people appreciate me. And it's so special to them. I mean, I keep thank you cards don't mm-hmm. you like if I yeah. get something, I'm so like it is so and it seems so simple, but it's such a like meaningful gesture. I keep thank you notes, and I think it probably didn't take that long for that person to write it down. But it's so, t- it's just so touching to me to know that somebody's grateful for me that I did something of impact for somebody else. I just, I think yeah. this is such an overlooked easy way to improve all your relationships, help your kids practice i mean realize how blessed they are you know Mm -hmm. and i think it's just developing a regular practice of expressing gratitude and just thinking about what you have in your life that makes you happy is going to serve them so well into adulthood you know yeah no i totally agree with that and going in i'm i'm
0: segueing here to the next ones really well speaking of going in (laughs) speaking of (laughs) speaking of moving into adulthood uh the next step is to encourage your kids to have positive outlets and expressions. I feel like when you can teach your kid that life isn't fair at a young age and teach them ways to cope with their anger and jealousy, they are less entitled and happier, better
1: adults. Yeah. Think about the adults who aren't taught how to, health in a healthy way, express their disappointment because no matter... What, how grateful they are. Things just, they're gonna be disappointed. Things will disappoint them no matter how humble they are. We're just disappointed. And yeah, the road rage adults, the mean to the waitress adults, those are the ones who weren't taught to take a deep breath, use empathy. I think that's a really big one too. Mm-hmm. Teach your kids empathy that. You know everyone around them is going through something and if you couldn't if you knew what they were going through you, it would break your heart so be kind to everyone be patient so we have to teach our kids how to cope with disappointment and not getting what they want and not th- and things not going their way oh i'm just i cringe when i think about the adults i know who can't or i've seen you know who can't who get who act like children act like children who haven't been taught we always say that you're acting like a child but that's sad you are acting like a child because the children were supposed to be taught it's really sad And I think another really important part of teaching them how to cope is to let them fail. It is so hard to see our kids struggle. It's so hard. But if we don't let... Here's a quote that's from Kristen Welch, and she says, As hard as it may be, we have to let our kids fail. It's the only way they will truly learn how to succeed. Part of letting our kids fail is being there to pick them up after they fail let it run its course and sometimes that can look like your kid being the jerk at school that would be a fail but (laughs) there's a quote um that was on the hilarious humanitarian instagram page which i love and it was she's talking about accountability so when our kids fail when they mess up we need to hold them accountable we can't ignore it and brush it off and make excuses and she says children that aren't taught accountability for their actions grow up to become adults that think nothing they do is wrong. So that quote's actually from Moms Living Thrifty, but hilarious humanitarian shared it. But don't we know adults like that too? Like I can think of people who they can't say sorry. They can't admit that anything was their fault. They they place blame elsewhere. They can't deal with failing. Mm-hmm. So I think that quote's really good. Like we have to let our kids fail, but then we need to be there to teach them what to do when they fail, how to cope. What do you do now? You try again, you apologize, you make amends. You know what I mean? I think something too that I remember is my sister
0: uh, taught me about when we were talking about boundaries which is another episode that we did that you should go listen to if you haven't but to go along with boundaries is not belling your children out like how often do your children like forget their homework or their lunch and they call from school like mom can you bring this to me and my sister was like you have to stop doing that that's not going to help them be successful adults and I was like oh like okay and the first time it happened was like three days later after that and after I talked to my sister and Briley called me from school and was like mom I forgot my water bottle and I was like I'm sorry, you'll have to use the fountain today. <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> you poor poor thing you, like and uh, but too like their homework um, Ellie, if this is so cute. I love this that her teacher does this um, on Fridays if everyone brings their homework journal back in or uh, whoever brings their homework folder back in all signed and everything, they get to eat lunch in the classroom Aww, and that's Ellie cool. has forgotten twice to bring her folder back in and she's just devastated when she gets home. But I'm like, I'm not the bad guy. That's your responsibility, honey. And if you don't pack your folder, I'll try to help you remember. But look at all this other stuff I've got going on. That's your thing. So you need to remember, I can't bring it to you and bail you out. They have to learn now that if they don't do something, that there will be consequences.
1: Yeah. I think it's important to remember, too, that we are still their teacher, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. like my daughter does her own laundry. I've talked about this. And Mm -hmm. sometimes she doesn't like to do laundry. Who likes to do laundry, you know? But if Mm -hmm. And I don't want to... I tr- it's not like something she's punished for. I want her to learn to do her laundry so that she has clothes to wear. It's not It's not something that she gets punished if she doesn't do. I'm letting the natural consequences take its course. And she has to wear a uniform, just like certain colors to school, not like a certain – not a uniform uniform, but like mm-hmm. certain colors. And so if it's like Sunday – or I'll, I'll give her gentle reminders. I'm not just going to let her fail. We need to help our kids learn these habits, but – If it's like Friday afternoon, I'll be like, all right, well, it's been a full week. You should probably do your laundry so you have something to wear on Monday. (laughs) Saturday rolls around, she hasn't done her laundry. I'll give her gentle reminders. I'm not going to bail her out, though. I'm not doing her laundry for her, but I'm there to help remind her. Then if Sunday rolls around, I'll offer to help her. I'll say, hey, you have to do it all today because you waited. You have to wash it and dry it and fold it. And I said, I'll help you if you want, but if you don't do your laundry, then tomorrow you're going to have to wear other colors to school and they're going to make you change. And I think that's not going to be very, help you have a very good day. And she'll be like, oh, you're right. You know, instead of just, I don't want her to see it. I don't want to be the one inflicting the punishment because that's not going to help her learn for the real world as adult. You know why we do our laundry. I don't want her to do her laundry to avoid me punishing her. You know, that's the connection's not there. So if I, and I was not going to do her laundry for her. She did her laundry, but. If she didn't do her laundry, I was not going to do it for her. I was not going to bail her out. I was going to let her fail. And she'd have to go to school and deal with that natural consequence. So I think that's really a really important part of holding them accountable. Hold them accountable with natural consequences as often as possible. Because natural consequences are what are going to prepare them for the real world. The connection won't be there if they're afraid of being grounded or get a toy taken away. You know what I mean? But into adulthood, that's not going to stick. That lesson won't be there. So I really like that. Don't do things for your kids. Like, let them do it. Let them deal with the natural consequences. And that will help them be responsible adults. Yeah, exactly. I love I love that natural consequence.
0: Did you read that in a book? Because my sister told me that same thing at, from a book she read. And she was like, "Millennials." I like called her one day, like, in tears. Like, help me. I'm failing at everything. And she was like... Set boundaries. Don't bail your children out, and make sure that they are like. Let the natural consequence be their consequence. Of course, she
1: did. And I was your like, "Kaylee, is, like, peaceful Barb." Oh, she reincarnated. Kaylee is so peaceful like- Barb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and two yeah. two peas in a pod. Those two. <laughs> and Kay. I love, I love something else you did when your daughter. So this is a along the lines of kind of all we've talked about but like holding them accountable making them responsible for what they want in life when your daughter wanted a microscope or something you shared about this on your stories like your daughter really wanted a microscope right and yeah so ellie it was like the
0: beginning of summer and ellie is like this little scientist and she wanted a microscope so bad and so i helped her find one on amazon and it was like 42 dollars, and it was the beginning of summer so i was like oh like i you know i'll buy her this and she would love to have it during the summer and then i was like wait a minute no she didn't she needs to earn this and she had kind of been struggling with her reading and I said I was trying to think of like I was like it's 42 dollars do I have her read 42 books and then I was like is a dollar like equivalent of, like a one book like I was trying to like do the ratio in my head yes. mm-hmm. and I was like 30 how about 30 books when she reads 30 books I will buy her this kit and I told her that and she went and made a, like she was disappointed at first but then she was like okay like I'll make a chart and she made a little chart with 30 boxes and and I honestly thought, like, you know, in a couple days, she'll bust us out, but she wasn't super into reading, and it took her a long time. It took her a few weeks to, to read her 30 books, and she had to read them to me, so I knew that she was reading and doing it correctly and, and learning and practicing. Um, or sometimes, like, I'd be making dinner, and she would read to me while I was cooking and stuff, but she did it. After a few weeks, she had read 30 books, and I ordered that kit for her, and I don't know if I ever told anyone this story, because <laughs> I had posted this on Instagram, but... I ordered her the kit. It came in the mail, and I had it there a few days before uh, she had finished so that I knew as soon as she finished, I could just go give it to her, and she wouldn't have to wait anymore, you know? Yeah. And I gave it to her, and I put it together, and I broke it. <gasps> no! <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny, but it is. I like, broke it. like I accidentally like, – I was moving the like lever – up by like the little eye thing I don't know my microscope parts but I was moving the lever and I pulled it it was kind of it wasn't like a super fancy one it was kind of cheap but um yeah it broke and I was like she's like it's not working mom it's not working I'm like I don't think you're doing it right (laughs) oh come to find out I broke it so I had to go return it and luckily um did you know that you can like Kohl's partners with Amazon it was like so I was like I need to return this yeah I was like take it to your local Kohl's and they'll package it and send it for you and so I did that and then I ordered another one and it came the next day uh so she was just fine but it was a kind of a sad day she worked Aww. so hard and I broke it so I made my husband put together the next one I was like can you do it because I think I broke the first one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's awesome like she worked so hard for that yeah kids she appreciate did. things more when they work for it you know what yeah, I mean exactly You inspired me with that 30 book thing. And I did something that a lot of parenting experts would probably say you don't do. I've heard this before, like you can't take away things that you've already given to your kids. But I was just so sick of this dang playroom being so messy and when she wants to, my daughter can clean the whole thing. But there was just one day when she was just dragging her feet and I was sick of stepping on toys and breaking toys and it was just like there were broken toy parts intermixed with like, toys that she loved when she opened them but now they're just thrown like you don't throw and just like if you value your things you take care of them so it was just clear that she didn't value any of this stuff she had too much stuff to appreciate it any of it you know like Mm -hmm. you talk about those kids who valued that soccer ball that one soccer ball because they wanted it so bad and it was rarity to them and it was precious to them it's what they really liked but when our kids have all of this stuff it's like option paralysis they don't care about it anymore they have you know, why care about it? They can go from thing to thing and they'll get what they want. And the new shiny toy next week. Right. Yeah. They don't appreciate it. So I was sick of this freaking dirty playroom. And I told her, clean this playroom. You need to clean this playroom right now. If you want to go out, if you want to whatever, clean it. And she like resisted and was whining. And it took like 10 or 15 minutes later, she had made zero progress. And I said, okay, I'm setting a timer for 10 minutes. If this room is not clean in 10 minutes, then there's going to be consequences. And the timer rang and she had like kind of somewhat put some stuff away, but not really. And I was just like, what do I have to do to get her to cling to (laughs) this freaking playroom? And so I told her her most, and this is what the part that is, I've heard people say you shouldn't do this, but her most prized possession is her elephant that she had since she was a baby. And I said, this elephant is going in the closet until if you don't clean this up, I'm setting a timer again and I'm taking elephant away. And even then she drugged, she dragged her feet, drug, dragged her feet. I don't know. (laughs) And so I finally said, you know what? I'm going to help you clean. And I said, but everything I pick up is going in a basket and going in my closet and you have to earn it back. And I said, it's, got, it's up to you how long we do this. And I said, but the longer it takes you to clean, the more things I'm collecting to put up. And boy, did she speed up then. <laughs> and I filled that I, I, I I Marco Poloed you the other day and showed you mm-hmm. my closet, the whole corner is full of giant stuffed animals. I took away her playhouse, her giant dollhouse. I took away so much. And then my other closet is mostly stuffed animals. She has too many. I filled, I filled, it was tons of stuff and they're in the closet, and and her elephant I put away. And I told her, first of all, to get elephant back. That's what she wanted more than anything, and I got this idea from you. I said, you have to read 30 books to get elephant back. And at Mm -hmm. first, she was like very resistant, but then she decided she would read Bob books which are super easy. It's like three pages. Like Dan sat, Matt sat, Dan and Matt sat. And I was like, that doesn't count. And I was like, one, I said five Bob books count as one. And so it turned into a point system. You need 30 points. Five Bob books is a point. Well, she went through four boxes. It turned into such a good thing. I think like it did with Ellie. Like Mm -hmm. she enjoys reading. It's just like getting her started. And so we it ended up, we spent hours someday reading. She wanted elephant back so bad. We spent hours together reading, and she ended up reading four boxes of books, which were a lot, and then a lot of the easy reader books, and then we got into some chapter books, like Junie B. Jones. First of all, I think it took her up a reading level, because she read <laughs> so much non-stop, and she earned her elephant back, and She's still, now it's, she reads a chapter book, like a, a whole Junie B. Jones, and then she can pick something from my closet. A whole, what are, What else are we reading? Um, Magic Treehouse. So she finished in Magic Treehouse, she can pick something out. So it's taking a long time, but she made the comment, it would have been so much easier to just clean when you asked. And I said, that's the point. It's so right. much easier to prevent and do things right the first time than to try to fix it and do damage control on the back end. And so all the lessons. We're learning all the lessons from this experiment. (laughs) But she values these things. She's so much quicker to clean up when I'm like hey, it's getting messy. I don't want this to get bad again. I'm a little threatening. I'm like, <laughs> hey, remember what happened last time? But she's so much quicker. But when she, and I I shouldn't have taken away, well, I'm not, I don't regret it. Taken away things they already have earned. It will probably mess her. I'll probably have to pay for her therapy someday for taking that stuff away. But she values, <laughs> She's she's, totally it, she's earning it back. It's not like I'm taking it away. She's earning it back. And by earning it back, she values it so much more. So I'm really glad I did that. And you know what? I might not give her some of the stuff back. She doesn't even remember what I took away. That's oh, how bad it yeah. was. Like she doesn't remember. It's been probably two or three months now. She doesn't remember. She's not missing it. And that only proved, like further validates that she had too much stuff to begin with, that we give them too much stuff. And really we're sliding them in that way. We're teaching them. I'm spoiling her in that way. And I'm making her entitled that way by giving her more than what she needs. She's overwhelmed by it and doesn't appreciate it. That's on me. And I have that power. I have the power to take it back, like you said. So, we're making some yeah. changes for sure.
0: I do that. I actually, when my kids' rooms get
1: extremely messy,
0: I will go in and I will put stuff in a box and I'll put the box in my closet. And if they don't ask for it back after a while, like I just get rid of it. I'm like, they don't miss it. They don't care. And I'm not going to miss it. It's been in the box, in the closet for months. I don't care. Like, I'm going to toss it and then they don't miss it. And honestly, Briley plays with art supplies. Ellie loves to draw, and Maverick lives for cardboard boxes. They don't okay. play with any toys. Like, ma- seriously, Maverick has bins and bins of toys. He never touches. All he wants are cardboard boxes. Like, it's the sweetest thing. Like, if you just... <laughs> kids don't need, like, they a don't. bunch of stuff. They they really don't. Don't feel shame in throwing away, or don't feel bad about throwing
1: your kid's stuff away. If they don't miss it, you don't need it. Less is more. Less stimulation and less fewer choices is better for your kids. It means more creativity and using their imagination, which I I encourage everyone also to follow um, Big Life Journal, and they teach all about teaching your kids about having a growth mindset and being resourceful. Like those boys with the soccer ball, they're gonna find a million ways to have fun and spend time with that soccer ball. But when our kids are jumping from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, we are denying them so many opportunities to be creative and resourceful and use their imagination and connect those neurons in their brain that create growth and, and create resilient adults. So don't feel bad. And so we're we're talking more about like Christmas. And my daughter's birthday is in December, so it's like a huge toy month for us but Mm -hmm. I told Olivia already I said we're doing four gifts this year something you want something you need something to wear something to read I've seen that go around all the time Mm -hmm. but then we're gonna do a big experience like she wants to go to Legoland which is like a little I don't think we're gonna go to Legoland but Disney on Ice is coming again something like that something they're gonna remember and then I'm gonna make them like a memory book a chat book or something for it so that they remember it because really ask your kids here's your challenge go ask your kids just pick their brain about what they remember like just, but do you remember this, this, see see what kind of details they remember and see, I mean, they just, they remember experiences. They don't mm-hmm. remember toys and think about like as an adult, you're not going to have, play with toys as an adult, but you're going to take your memories with you. So create childhood memories, not clutter. Yep. And teach your children just to be grateful for
0: what they have, honestly, and, and remember just all the things we talked about, like remind them to be thankful, to say thank you, to practice gratitude, but also that I think the most important thing we can do as parents is to Set a good example.
1: Yeah, that's our fifth tip, is lead by example. There's this quote from Jason Gaddis that says, your kids learn from who you are, not what you say, and not all the rules you make. How you live your life is what your children will absorb. I love So are that. you, yeah, are you showing kindness are you showing gratitude writing thank you notes if they see you doing that it's like reading someone i read somewhere about if you want your kids to learn to be good readers and help them be good readers it's not about you teaching them to read it's like them seeing you read like as your hobby mm-hmm. that you that they They see you enjoy reading is such a big factor to them becoming readers. But that makes a lot of sense. It's what they see us doing. They mimic what we do. So if they see you writing thank you cards, if they see you donating and volunteering, we try to involve our, our children in volunteering as often as we can. And there's opportunities that are going to come up in your life. Sponsor a family. Your school will probably send home flyers about donating coats or even sponsoring a family for Christmas, giving them meals or gifts. Do it, do it, and involve your children in it. Involve them in charity and make sure they understand their privilege, that, that you, they're not going to go without. They're not one of those kids, or, even, or maybe they are. But even then, you can find ways to help other people. And just that mindset will help them grow so much because none of us chose where we were born. None of us chose the circumstances. All we can do is make the best of what we have and teach our kids to have empathy towards others and to make the best of what they have. Boom,
0: yeah. And to end, I've got a quote, Angie, I was just sitting here kind of laughing. Like, the quote is by William Martin. Do you know who William Martin is? No. No, I don't either. There's just like this guy. I <laughs> said, so there's got to be a lot of William Martins. Whichever one this was, he said, you do not have to make your children into wonderful people. You just have to remind them that they are wonderful
1: people. That's so good. Just love your kids. Love them, make them feel good. And that's how they will do good. Thank you, William Martin. Thank you. Um, also, <laughs> i
0: Bill. Um, Billy and Angie We forgot to read. We forgot to read our winner for our comment. I've got it right here. Uh, so if you guys can take a second of your time to go leave us a review on iTunes, it would mean a lot to us. It helps us out a lot. It helps the podcast. This week, the winner um, who left us a review is... Hershey C., who I know is my friend Courtney Hershey, who is hysterical, (laughs) um, she wrote this after she listened to the Mean Girls episode. She wrote, "...so fetch. These girls aren't plastic. They're so real, relatable, and helpful." Melinda and Angie aren't like regular friends. They're cool friends. The friends who get vulnerable and honest and uplifting and every good adjective I can think of while being distracted by the back of Aaron Samuel's head. They tell it to you straight, but also follow up with real takeaways to be betterish. And I love it. Go sit with everyone in the cafeteria and put it in the burn book. The betterish podcast is so fetch. Oh
1: my gosh. (laughs) Yay, Courtney. You're the best. She wins Apple reviews.
0: I will get your address, Courtney, and we will send you a Betterish package. Thank you for supporting us and listening to the Betterish podcast
1: guys thank you so much for being here we truly consider you part of our betterish gang we would love to hear your thoughts about this week's episode so email us at betterish.podcast at gmail.com or message and tag us on instagram at betterish.podcast and if you like what you
0: heard don't forget to leave us a five-star review on itunes and make it real good because we might just share it here on our next episode and bonus points if you
1: share the betterish podcast with all of your friends